Somebody's got about 30 seconds tonight to get your breakthrough in the building right now. I dare you to break through. If you break through, then God will break forth. I don't know what you need tonight, but it's in the building. Church of Fort Myers. How many of you thank God for this incredible family? Brother Collins is a great man of God, a powerful preacher of the word and a soul winner. And I believe God has prepared him with a word for this house tonight. If there's anybody with expectation in your spirit, uh, you ought to jump up on your feet right now and give God a praise. Uh, as the word of the Lord gets ready to come forth, uh, you ought to begin to mix your faith in this building uh, with the word of God. Did you come uh, with expectation in your spirit? Uh, did you come with expectation? Uh, Somebody open your mouth right now and give God your best praise as Brother Collins comes to deliver the word. Preach the word. I don't know what you came to do tonight, church, but I came here for my breakthrough. Oh, come on, somebody. I just need about 50 people over here. I just need about 50 people over here, and I just need about 100 people right here in the center section. And if you need something from God tonight, you just tell yourself and you tell Satan, 
There's someone in this place that needs deliverance. There's someone in this place that needs a breakthrough. And that's what we came here for tonight. Amen, amen. Aren't you glad you're in the house of the Lord? Clap your hands one more time like thunder. And give God a shout of praise. Come on. Give him your very best. Because he's been good to you. As a matter of fact, he's been better to you than you've been to yourself. Hey. Hallelujah. God is so good. His mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And I just want to take, Bishop, a few moments because, number one, I got to get my nerves right. Number two, it's been about three months since I've been in a pulpit. And I want to begin right here on the onset of this service. And from my heart, from the Collins family, and they're all here tonight, my daughter, my son Devin, my wife, and we want to personally thank this church for all your love, for all the prayers, for all that you've shown to us, compassion, and Bishop, Brother Stewart, as the head of the Collins family, I want to thank these two men for on a dark and stormy night putting their lives on the line for my family. Brother Claude, Brother Brian, who doesn't even like to swim, Brother Lale, for all these great men of this church that risked it all. Bodily injury, peril, death, Bishop's vehicle. And I'm not gonna go into all that tonight. If you know, you know. But I just wanna thank you all from the bottom of my heart. And thank God for a praying church that in times of peril, in the middle of a storm, you know how to go to the Lord in prayer. Because that's why we're all here tonight. Because of the power of prayer. Hallelujah. So I'm so glad to be here tonight. Amen. With this beautiful church. You know, Bishop, this church is kind of like, it's not kind of like it's a little bit of heaven. You better clap your hands. Because if not, I'm personally laying hands on, to you, on you tonight. Because you don't know what you have. Don't take it for granted. But Bishop, there's a verse in the Bible that says, For I have not seen, nor hath the ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of a man. All that he hath prepared for those that love him. You know what? This church is all that. It's more than you ever dreamed. If you're taking this for granted tonight, you need a checkup from the neck up. And I better meet you in the altar tonight with your hands raised. You better never take your church for granted. 
This is one of the greatest churches on the planet. Everybody should be clapping their hands right now. My God. Some, yea, have even sold all and given all to be here. And we love this place so much. And we're going to dedicate our lives to this church. Thank you, Jesus. This is going to be a little bit different tonight, church. We're going to dive down deep, as Brother Stewart said, into the depths of the Word of God. So let's, just for a few moments, let's bring all of our thoughts into captivity. We're going to eat, we're going to fellowship in just a little bit. But I feel like God wants to take us to another level in the spirit tonight. Now, I know this church can shout. And I know this church can dance because I've done it with you. But tonight, through the word of God and from the help of the preacher, I want to dig us down deep into deeper depths. Amen. To bring this church to another level if the Holy Ghost will allow. Hallelujah. Because we've got a city. We've got a state. Amen. And we've got a million plus souls that are counting on the rock church. Amen. To have a revival like has never been told. Clap your hands one more time if you want to be a part of that revival. Oh, hallelujah. So without further ado tonight, if you have your Bible, grab the word of the Lord, whether it be a, a dusty, musty book, laptop, iPad, phone, whatever your word of choice is. Maybe someone's got it memorized. And we're going to turn together to Mark chapter 4. Read verses 35 through 41. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. And it reads like this. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Jesus gave a poignant, direct order or request to his disciples. He told them, Bishop, to get into the boat. So out of respect for the Lord, they went into the boat together, all of them. And the Bible goes on to say, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. He didn't tell them to do something as a leader and then hang out on the banks and say, have fun. And there were also with him other little ships. Now that there will preach. Make sure you're in the boat with Jesus. Don't get distracted by some other little ships that are out there doing their thing. I want to be in the great ship of Zion. I want to be where the people of God are. I want to be in the church. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship. 
so that it was full. Brother Stewart, I've been in some houses here in the last few weeks. I've seen some watermarks that scared me. So I can only imagine in my mind's eye being in a boat in the middle of a sea and the waves crashing in and the boat is level full of water and I think that I'm about to die and go down with the ship. But the Bible doesn't say that that happens. Do you know why? Because Jesus is in the ship with them. Verse number 38 says, and he, speaking of Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Now, I got to tell this, Brother Stewart. I was dealing with one of our clients, and the water rose up, Bishop, about four foot in their house, and they had just bought a brand new sleep mattress bed. And they were... The water was rising up and it was about hip deep. And they said it got up to about four foot deep. And they didn't know where it was going to stop. So Bishop, they climbed on top of that mattress because it started floating. And they floated around their house while the storm raged outside. With that sleep number just right. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And they fell asleep. On that mattress. I don't know how they did that. I was bugging out. My, my. On a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him. Now, in my mind's eye, I kind of I think of it in a funny way. Like, anybody remember the great Poupon? Sir, do you have any gray poupon? Be a little carnal, but I don't think that's how they did it. I don't think they kind of nudged him and said, Master, care us now, not that we perish. Because <laughs> that's not what I was doing in the middle of that storm. <laughs> but it probably went something like this Master, care us now, not that we perish. Because the wind is blowing, the boat's full, and they think they're about to die. And verse number 39 says, and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Now, the way I picture it, Bishop, is it's like glass. It's like glass. Because the Bible says that peace is peace that passes all understanding. Have you ever been out on the ocean and it was smooth like glass? I think not. But God did it. But God did it. And then he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it? That you have no faith. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this 
that even the sea and the wind obey him. Storms. Just bear with me for a second. Weather, spiritual or meteorological, are singular events in the chronos of our humanity that bring balance to the calm, serene periods in our lives. The after effects can either bring destruction and fracturedness, or as we see all around us here in our beautiful area of southwest Florida, unity, renewal, and restoration. My God. In the book, in the, in the gospel music industry, there is a group called Casting Crowns, and you'll, I'll let you be seated in a minute, but let me just lay this foundation real quick. And they came out with a song in a very difficult, delirious, and depressed time of my family's life many years ago. That song's title was, I'll Praise You in the Storm. In that period of pain at the loss of my wife's brother and only sibling, it became a reminder and an anthem of help that we knew only could come from the sweet presence of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Come on, somebody. In the book of Ecclesiastes, there is pronounced a time for war, a time of peace. Likewise, there is declared a time of prosperity and fullness and then the adjusting balance of famine and drought. Now, to my wife's angst and displeasure, now bear with me, baby, I say this tonight, that I am not a young man, and it's through the lenses of this, <clears throat> of this middle-aged vision of mine and experience that I'm going to try to deliver what God has laid on my soul for this message tonight. Now, I don't want to preach long, but I do want to carefully lay out what God has given me tonight in his word. So with God's anointing and help, I want to share with you, the church, tonight, what I learned from the storm. Oh, come on, church, one more time. Can we place our Bibles down and lift up our hands? And let's invite the beautiful presence of the Holy Ghost into this house. Come on, lift up your hands, lift up your voices, open up your hearts, that God could speak to us from his oracles tonight. Hey, then maybe I would receive something that will inexorably alter my future from right here and right now. Amen, till the end of time. Oh God, don't let me leave here without being changed. Don't let me leave here without receiving something from you. Hey, come on church, one more time. Lift up your voice. Magnify him. Let a cry go up right now from the bellies. Amen, and let it well up through our throats. And let that cry be a cry of victory. Hallelujah. Come on, someone shout to the Lord right now. Oh, someone shout in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated tonight only if you're going to preach with me. 
through physically perilous events such as this church body has, it should and has forever altered our vision and our perception of the stark realities of life and our mission. It is also a glaring and poignant reminder of the fragility, not of our spiritual man, because Bishop, we're striving and reaching to be anti-fragile. Come on, church. Anybody striving with me? But the frailnesses of this temporary body that houses our eternal souls. That could, that cold reality of life is that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust, Matthew 5 and 45. And this will be a preeminent, stable, consistent truth for all of our days on the earth in this flesh. But we, the church, are looking forward to a brighter day when the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead, the Bible says, shall rise first with Christ. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. But until that day, we will live subjugated and relegated to the ebbs and flows of nature and the linear chronos of life's mountains and valleys, physically and spiritually. War and peace, health and prosperity, sickness and famine, the roar of revival and ingathering of souls, the cold, still silence of spiritual times of darkness and judgment, from the genesis of creation and the fall from even Eden to the book of Revelation with the sounding of the last trumpet that John in the spirit on the Lord's day saw and heard through eyes crusted over, matted hair, a blistered, marred visage, and cracked lips. I can see in my mind's eye the vision as it's shown to him of the last recorded prayer of the church. Even so, Lord, come quickly. We will in our lives, church, experience a time of storm and destruction. And then the sweet calm of peace. Just as when Jesus spoke and the wind and seas obeyed and became calm. This is the natural order of life. We gathered here tonight in this sanctuary have been so blessed that we all would do well to mark this page and take note that life indeed takes turns and we hit rough spots and we mess up and get forgiven. We see the brightness of a beautiful day, and then the darkness comes. But with all that, 
We just need to realize that whatever comes my way, my God is working all things to my good. And that with every stormy night, there is the sweet calmness of the morning light. Come on, church. The psalmist in Psalms 107 lays out this dichotomy of life's peaks and valleys so accurately and completely. Now bear with me, church. Everybody lean forward just a little bit. I don't want anybody falling asleep. But let me paint the picture of life for you tonight in Scripture. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. But then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them out of distresses. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to the city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfied the longing soul and filleth the hungry and the goodness with goodness. Such as sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. But then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bonds in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. But then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them. And from their destructions, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. That they go down to the sea in ships. 
that do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind. Think about that. The Lord did. Which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. And then they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like drunken men and are at their wits end. Then they cry unto the Lord, church, in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then they are glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto the desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Amen. For his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. What am I saying tonight, church? I'm saying that no matter what life throws at you, amen, no matter how the mountain is or no matter how the low the valley is, God is in on your side and God knows right where you are. Oh, someone should shout to that tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Because we're still alive. My God. Church, it is in these last days that each and every child of God, from the oldest to the youngest, seasoned saint to the newest convert, that we stand here in this place tonight, flat-footed, with eyes clear, and a loud resounding proclamation should cry out and say, no matter what comes my way, I will have peace in my soul that God knows what is best for me. Amen. And God knows what is best for the church. And no matter happens, no matter what happens, we will have revival. We will have a move of God. Oh, hallelujah. Someone shout tonight. My God, that is what the storm has taught me. That nothing, Bishop, will ever stop the church God's people and God's plan will always, someone shout always, have preeminence in the earth. As long as we are here, there will be mercy. As long as we were here, there will be grace. As long as we are here, there will be forgiveness, repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, people being filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, healings and miracles, and there will be a church. There will be a church until Jesus comes back to take us home. Clap your hands if you love him tonight. Someone shout hallelujah. Amen. The prophet Nahum said it on this wise. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. He will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm 
And the clouds, the very clouds, are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea and maketh it dry. Amen. Brother Stewart talked about that this morning. Amen. And the clouds are the dust of his feet, and he maketh the sea and maketh it dry, and drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languisheth, and Carmel and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at him, and the hills melt, and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwelleth therein. Who can stand before his indignation? And who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. But the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Someone shout, the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust him. Hallelujah. Does anybody trust in the Lord tonight? Oh, my God. Oh, hallelujah. I didn't want to do this. But as me and my family were tethered together, Bishop, and we were making our way to higher ground, picture in your mind's eye, wife, son, and dog swimming next to us. Amen. Help us on the way. Amen, Bishop. We came to a spot in the corner of a building and we literally, out of, out of weariness and faintness of heart, we collapsed in a pile and we been, began to cry in fear. And we thought that that was where we were going to die. Oh, but the Lord saw fit that that wasn't so. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. As we looked up, amen, in front of us, Amen. There was a haven six feet higher, and we made our way. Hey, it brings a scripture to my mind. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runneth into it, and they are safe. I wonder if there's anybody in the Rock Church tonight that knows that everything is in the name of Jesus. This church is nothing without the name of Jesus. We have no power without the name of Jesus. We can do nothing without the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, let's all stand to our feet tonight and let's begin to clap our hands and love him. Amen. Bishop, I believe the best is yet to come. Amen. If the musicians could come, I just want to say a few more things. You know why? Because he always saves the best for last. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that tonight. First lady, you were walking in the Holy Ghost this morning when you stopped us in prayer. And you said we need a spirit of unity like we've never had before. My God. Amen. That's what's going to help this church to reach into higher depths like we've never seen. Amen. Now, you know what I learned from this storm, Bishop? It's just life. It's just life. And we will before this whole thing plays out. We're going to see more of it. But we know the life giver, and he gives us life, and that much more abundantly. So whatsoever and whatever in life may throw at us, it doesn't matter because we know the master of the sea, and his will shall be done as he goes on to use the church. Just know this, that the devil can't stop the church. Death and hell can't stop the church.
church. The only thing that can stop the church is our lack of unity. To have the level of revival that we need and we, we, that we want to see, we will have to be more unified than we ever have before. Amen. No more dead church. Hey, that's, hard. that's not hard to do in here. I've never been in a dead service at Rock Church. No more divisions or schisms in the body. No more able-bodied men watching other men work. No more sliding out when the man of God is looking for volunteers. Come on, church. I'm preaching good now. Hallelujah. If this 46-year-old man can dig his hands into the, to the, to the turf, amen, and scoop up a handful of ants, amen, every man in this church can put their hands to the work of God. Hey, we're not fragile anymore. Hallelujah. And this is what I feel in the spirit tonight. These life events, as all other events, must not bring, as Bishop has said, fragility and fracture to the church, but a renewed, rebound spirit of unity. Unity that will thrust this church into the greatest depths of revival that Fort Myers in Florida has never seen. We can be, and I believe, at the very epicenter of one of the greatest in gatherings of souls that has ever hit this state, and it's going to start right here, and it's going to start right now. Now, I don't want to be misunderstood, but we have to lay aside our individualistic mindsets and grab hold of a spirit of unity like we have never had before. And this is that which the Lord showed me. Bishop, in the book of Acts, in the beginning of the outpouring that we are still enjoying in this place tonight, we take careful note that they were all in one accord and in one place. I believe that word place, Bishop, was more than just a geographic location in the city of Jerusalem, but a place of unity. Amen. A place of unity and of spiritual collectiveness. In one place of mind, body, and of spirit. Anticipation. Anybody excited about what God's going to do in Fort Myers? Expectation. I expect miracles, signs, and wonder. I expect many souls to be baptized in Jesus' name. Yay, magnified many of souls being filled with the Holy Ghost. I expect to see blinded eyes open. I expect to see the crippled walk and, and the deaf begin to hear. That's my level of expectation that I want for the revival that's going to come to this place. And let's not forget anointing. Brother Stewart, as he clearly spoke it tonight, the only way we're going to get to the depths of the revival that we are going to get to is through the anointing of God, which comes from our bishop. And then one more thing, church. Someone shout action. Someone shout action. Hey, hallelujah, we got to get to work. This revival is not going to happen. Slept back on the pews with our feet kicked up. Amen. And a bag of chips and a sip in our hand. 
This revival is going to take work. It's going to take hands on the plow. It's going to take hands ready to work. It's going to take feet that are ready to go. It's going to take voices that are ready to worship. It's going to take Bible studies that are ready to be taught. It's going to take hands that are ready to knock. It's going to take buses and bus route workers that are ready to go. It's going to take a church that's eager and ready to get into action. Now, this is what I want to do tonight because it's a little different. But this is what I felt in the Holy Ghost. We need a spirit of unity. Collectiveness. Bishop. Togetherness. Like we've never seen. I'm an outsider. It just moved here, Bishop. So... Before coming in, I watched from the outside looking in. And I can't say anything negative about any way this church operates. This church is at the top. As we like to say out in the country, it don't get no better than this. But Brother Stewart... It's going to take another level that dives deep. Amen. That dives so deep. That when the man of God stands behind the pulpit and he's pulling and he's reaching, he sees every faithful soul reacting and pushing with him. There's no one hanging back. There's no one sitting down. There's no one thinking about their grocery list. Amen. When the music is playing, amen, every soul, every church member is in the altars. And we're dancing because we're creating an atmosphere. Amen. We're creating an atmosphere in a birth center where babies are being born. Amen. We're creating an atmosphere in an emergency room where people are coming in and they're mentally and psychologically and sexually and physically, amen, traumatized by a world and by a devil that's trying to carry him to hell. We need a spirit of unity that drives so deep. Bishop, it's going to be said in this city when apostolics walk down the street that this is the church that's turning Fort Myers Cape Coral, Bonita, Naples, Bradenton, Iona, Fort Myers Beach. The list goes on. This is the church that's turning the world upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're doing it by outreach. They're doing it by inreach. They're doing it by winning souls. They're doing it by Bible studies. They're doing it. Bishop, by what drew me to this place, and that is the real, unabiding love of God that's seen on every face that's in this building. This church has got something special. There's a love that's in this place. Amen, that God has shown into you and that's exuding out of you and it's going to the four corners of the earth. We've got to show our love of God through not just to the world, 
but to each other. I didn't expect to get many hand claps with that. This is what I feel like we should do tonight. If I could have Bishop and First Lady come straight here, stand in the front and center in the middle of this church, this, this altar area. First Lady, if you don't mind. Bishop, if you can come over here. And you guys hold hands because you guys love each other. I don't have to give you an excuse to hold hands. I love my pastor. And I love my First Lady. If I could have every man that's able-bodied in this church, amen, doesn't matter how old you are, young, old, kid, if you could come on this side of the church and you could lock arms and make a half moon around our bishop, come on this other side, don't separate bishop and first lady, all the men of this church, come on, this is going down to the deep. We're going to pray. Now I want every lady of the church, men, scoot over. If I could have every lady in the church come down to this front. Every lady, no matter how old you are, grab your babies. Let's all come and y'all make a, make a push for first lady. Like almost like you're going to reach out and touch her. Come on, church. Church, if we're going to go down deep, we've got to go down deep together. We've got to go down deep like a body. Amen. The Bible says it's fit jointly together. Amen. Bone connecting to bone, connecting to ligament. Amen. And right now what I want us to do is I want us to lift up our voices as we're joined together. And I want us to send up a prayer. Amen. For your bishop and your first lady. I want a resounding cry to go up if you can. Amen. For our city, for our state. Amen. We need to reach out like we've never reached out before. We need to let our voices be heard. Come on, pray for your bishop. Pray for first lady. Pray for each other. Come on, lift up your voices tonight. Let's let a cry go up. Amen. That can be heard all over Southwest Florida in the spirit realm. Come on, let's all lift up our voices right now. And let's ask God, amen, to help us, unify us like never before. Amen, a church that's bound together. Amen, sister with sister, brother with brother, family members, husbands, wives. Come on, church, let's lift it up tonight. Come on, let's pray until all doubt leaves. Let's pray until disunity is fractured and cast down. Let's pray until faith and unity is supernaturally healed and strengthened. Let's pray until every person in this building is speaking in a heavenly language, young and old, seasoned and rich and new and poor. 